welcome to series two of the Dear Moving podcast, where we share with you stories of how people and partners across Greater Manchester are creating the conditions for active lives for all. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting and connecting GM Moving, Greater Manchester's Movement for Movement. For our first 12 episodes of Series 2, we journeyed around Greater Manchester, speaking with local partners to hear more about the work they're doing, taking a whole system, place-based approach to embed physical activity into everything. Our last four episodes in this series have a slightly different focus, as I speak with our Catalyst leads. Catalysts are the things that help accelerate system change. We've learnt that if we invest in and pay attention to a number of these things, they will speed up the rate of change across the whole system to enable more active lives. In the last episode, I was with Kat, who is leading on engagement. Today, I'm delighted to be with Claire, strategic lead for people, leadership and workforce. We know that people are our biggest asset in Greater Manchester and in the GM Moving movement. It is people who support people to move more. Claire is supporting people across Greater Manchester to grow and develop the skills, capabilities, behaviours and capacity that supports them to work well, be the change they wish to see and deliver impactful change as leaders, connectors and enablers in the system. This includes work with Greater Manchester Volunteer Workforce, the Leisure Trusts, Greater Manchester Moving Health Partners and the design and delivery of the GM Moving System Leadership Programme. This is a wonderful series of workshops and masterclasses to include an introduction to systems leadership, values-led approaches, system leadership behaviours, public narrative, coaching development and working through uncertainty and change. These sessions are all free and open and welcoming to all. Claire is with me today in the podcasting studio at Manchester Central Library to tell you more. I start by asking Claire my favourite question. Why moving matters to her. I think my my very first job in the voluntary sector was with environmental charities. So over 20 years ago now, I started working with Groundwork and Keep Britain Tider. And just, I think my relationship with moving came from that love of being outside in that open space. Um, I was reading something a while ago about how people living in so-called deprived communities have a real limited access to good quality open green space. And I live in Clayton in East Manchester and just so lucky to have Clayton Vale practically in the back garden. So whenever I'm struggling or at the start of the day, just to get outside with the dog and hear nothing but the birds sing in the river medlock, I know that that totally sets me up for the day. Brilliant. So... Tell us a little bit more about what that means. What does that look like in practice in terms of our work? Oh, God, it could be so different from day to day, which is what I love about it. It's people that inspire people to move more. And we know that, you know, building active lives for all and reducing inequality is really complex. So a big part of my job is making sure that people, leaders, volunteers, anyone really in Great Manchester who feels that moving matters to them have got the skills, the knowledge, the confidence, the relationships, the connections the friends, the spaces, to be able to do whatever it is they need to do to do their job and to do it really, really well. And I think to recognise as well, we've had years of going, you know, here's this funding, here's this intervention and here's this way of working. And it's really liberating, I think, to kind of shift that a little bit and for people, particularly around the leadership work, to say, 
you know, for years we've had this thing about leadership that it's the people at the top, they're the experts, they know all the answers, tell people what to do, write a plan, get everyone to implement the plan. But actually, when you're talking about activity and inactivity and inequality, it, it just doesn't really work that way. So my day can be anything from running a workshop about systems leadership, talking to people about the values and what motivate, motivates them to do the work properly, building relationships at a local level, making lots of introductions, connections, that thing where you're just pulling ideas out the back of your head all the time of, oh, you really care about this and that person really cares about that as well. And you two should like catch up and talk to each other and then just seeing the sparks and the things that happen that come out of it. It's just a few things. Uh, yeah, it keeps me busy. <laughs> Lots of emails and Twitter. You're always such a wonderful ball of energy, Claire, always, um, but in that really positive and connective way. So you can just see those sparks, you know, a definite spark plug in the system, <laughs> making those connections. And as you said, really having to shift the way that that is done, our, our language, the points of reference, who we're working with, and those critical questions of understanding what matters to them. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing that we've come across is just making sure that people are really clear of what's the most important thing here and are we focusing on the really important thing? So you've got that we've got the sort of GM moving sort of system leadership offer and then various other offers across the system that are supporting people having the, the tools and the knowledge and the information and the skills that they need so that more people can help more people to move more of the time. Can you just like literally talk through what that's looked like? You know, mm-hmm. Who's doing what and who comes along and what do they get out of yeah, it? Yeah, so, so many different people. The good thing about our systems leadership offer is it's open to anyone who cares about moving and it's not just about what you learn and the knowledge you gain but the people you meet that's in there as well that sometimes people have just never been in the same space as so we'll get people from the voluntary sector from the local pilot from the local authority from the nhs community leisure centers housing transport local residents volunteers on thursday at the values session as someone came along from community leisure who was expected to be full of people from community leisure and she grabbed it she was just like oh i've never been in a room with people from community leisure transport for greater manchester the nhs the voluntary sector and actually we all care about the same things we're all working on similar things but in totally different ways they were all struggling with recruitment all think about different ways of recruiting and i think sometimes we do get so stuck within our silos how to create those spaces where people come together and that's something we heard i mean we started this work back in 2020 and and back then right at the start of covid it was purely at the start for the local pilot leads involved in the, in the GM moving local pilot who got loads from it. But the feedback they, they gave us was we need more people from different spaces and different sectors and different bits of the system in these sessions as well. Because if more people had this kind of knowledge and were having it part of this conversation, it would make our job much, much easier, which is why we then opened it out and have had hundreds of people from places that we'd no, we would never have imagined. The offer we've got at the moment as part of the systems leadership work, we've, we've done a bit differently this time. So it's a bit like a, a three-month tangible offer of we'll take you through a journey, come along with an issue that you want to resolve, and we'll give you some tips and ways of working to help you address that in partnership with others. So we've done things like introduction to systems leadership. What does it mean? Sometimes we think it's about the most senior people within a couple of big organisations within the system, but actually getting people to think that it's about a network of people from lots of different levels and lots of different places, and you need that diversity and different perspectives. So we talk a lot about if things are simple and complex, 
complicated, write a plan, have a framework, get on with it. That's the right thing to do. Where if something's really complex, give yourself a break and ask lots of questions. And helping people figure out as well that people don't necessarily fear change. They fear the loss associated with that change. So if you're trying to work in a very different way, you can get resistance because it feels very countercultural to traditional ways of working. So just helping people to recognise that, give themselves a break and come up with some strategies to connect with people in different ways has been really helpful. We've done loads of work around values, looking at individual values of what motivates people to be their best and what draws them to this work. We've done that with probably a couple of hundred people by now. But what we find is consistently the values that come up from the people involved in this work are things around collaboration, cooperation, reciprocity, interdependence, sharing, listening, trust, working with other people, all of those very holistic skills. The things that people never, ever choose out of 128 values is anything to do with hierarchy, process, protocol, traditional ways of working, you know, protecting your territory. And that was was really interesting to help people go, this is why I'm I'm bumping a little bit. If you work within a system that prioritises those things and you're trying to do something very different, you're talking a different language. So what can you do to connect with people in a different way? Um, we're doing some work around systems leadership behaviours. So again, when you think traditionally about leadership, you might think about expertise, knowledge, having all the answers, power, authority and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, how do you have a different conversation around leadership and authenticity and mindset and bravery and courage and doing things differently and building a new culture where that's the way to kind of be when you're doing this kind of work? Um, and also things like how do you tell the story of the work? We heard so many people kind of say, yeah, I've, you know, I've got my slide deck of the work. I'll go to so many different meetings, give my 10 minute PowerPoint presentation, ask people if they've got any questions and then and then I'll go. So getting people to really think about the story they want to tell, why it matters to them personally, why it should matter to other people as well and how you can connect it and knit all those different pieces of work together um, and why it's urgent right now. What's the call to action and what do you want to do about it collectively? Which people have said that, you know, they went into that thinking, oh, it's about telling stories. That's really fluffy and nice. And actually, it's a really powerful and influencing tool that people have just said they've used in so many different spaces, including job interviews and promotions as well. Um, and just the time for people to sit back and reflect about what they're doing, why they're doing it and what difference it makes. So that's the, a bit about the systems leadership offer that's just ongoing and it's open to everyone. But we've got a lot more kind of like discrete offers as well. So we do loads of work with GM Active, which is the collaboration of leisure providers across Greater Manchester. We've funded their transformational leadership programme for a couple of years now. And we're just looking at cohorts three and four of that. So my job now is to make sure that that work continues, but also to look at the connectivity between that and everything else that's going on in the system as well, as well as stuff around volunteering, voluntary sector leadership, inequalities, lots. And the list goes on. The list goes on. <laughs> So going back to the system leadership, um, and obviously I've had the joy of participating in a number of those sessions, and I can say to anyone listening, it definitely go along. As you say, they give you different skills, and also you then grow different relationships with, with all those people across the system, across different sectors that come together. So there's a lot. <laughs> what would you say are some of the key things that you're learning um, through this process? People are learning so much. They're learning about, sometimes quite surprised about what's brought them to this kind of work and why it matters so much to them. They're learning that relationships of trust are really important and that change happens through networks when people come together about the things that they care about. They're learning that um, change is really hard. And if something feels simple and if everybody really agrees and you're in a meeting and it's really easy to make decisions, you've probably made the wrong decision. You've got the wrong people in the meeting. 
I think what I hear a lot is people are much more mindful of who's not in the room and how decisions are being made and how power is being used and really sitting back and going, who are we designing this for? And if they don't have a say, then we're going to end up designing the wrong thing and we might feel great, but actually that's the wrong thing to do. We're learning that people are working really hard um, and I think particularly the workforce is really tired. We've kind of hurtled from one disaster to another and it's not getting any easier. So just supporting people through that as well and saying it's okay. There's a lot of love and care and compassion, which is, as you say, is kind of critical at the mix, isn't it? And you bring a lot of that as well as, you know, the people that you invite in and recognising that we don't look after people. Yeah, nothing else happens because people burn out, you know, they lose energy. And I think what I hear a lot is the people going, oh, I would have given up, but this has given me a different way of thinking about things. Or I thought I'd never work with that person because our worldviews are so different. But now I understand where we're coming from and that those different perspectives are really important. I think the biggest thing I've heard that I'm learning is how much people are kind of getting on with the work in, in their silos because that's really important to them. But stepping back and thinking about what's the shared vision here and how do we knit together lots of different perspectives? Because I think quite often people will go, why activity and movement when I've got 500 other yeah. things that are priorities? And really getting people to think about, well, if you care about the environment and education and climate change and you know community safety and community engagement, then... They, they, these things don't exist on their own. They all they all knit together. So getting people to, I think, just giving the time to to lift the head up and think about everything else that's going on and the people that they can work with. And we've heard that consistently. I think haven't we really across feels like across the whole system. So both as an organisation as Greater Sport, mm-hmm. the difference people said that they feel in their work when there is value given to taking time to reflect. And how hard that is when, as you say, we've got a system under so much pressure. You know, if you're working with colleagues in in the health sector, for example, who are under huge amounts of pressure, it's so hard to lift your head and stop and reflect. So you've really helped create, I think, protected spaces in which people can come, they can step back, have a gulp of oxygen and just look at what's going on and make sense of it and move forward which is definitely needed and then the word here all the time is deliver we need to deliver stuff we need to deliver stuff we need to deliver stuff and it's very tangible it's all about outcomes and achieving things and I think that's when you lose track a little bit of you know loads of what we're doing what we're doing what we're doing and not so much of the why are we doing it and how are we doing it and how do we show up and how do we engage with other people so how you balance that need between delivering tangible outcomes that benefit people because that's what we're here for but to make sure you're doing it in the right way and connecting with the people around you and hearing those different voices as well I think the number of times people said oh, I wasn't going to come today because I'm so busy but actually I've got this renewed sense of like motivation and energy to get on with things because everyone gets stuck no matter what level you're at I think we have this kind of myth that you know the people at the top of the system can fix everything and that you know that's not the case no matter how seen you are or how much positional authority or power you have everybody gets stuck at some point or everyone feels that what they're trying to do is really hard so how you can recognize that and then you know look creatively and what else can you do instead because you either give up you carry on regardless or you sit back and go right I need I need a different plan here 
you always have a great story, Claire. <laughs> in every conversation we're in, you always seem to be able to come up with an example of some of the kind of ripple effects of this work. Mm-hmm. So not to put you on the spot, but I am. <laughs> so are there, when we think, people might be listening and go, well, that sounds great. That all sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so go, what? Yeah, so what? Like, ultimately, yeah. your mission, our mission is to enable active lives for all. Is it making a difference? Mm-hmm. Definitely thinking out loud here, because it's a really good question. And I think that is sometimes... The, the challenge with this kind of work, you bring loads of people together, give them loads of ideas, inspiration, knowledge, introduce them to new people, and then they go off and do stuff, and you don't always capture what it is that they're doing. We've had loads of people change jobs, still within the activity and movement sector, but really think about where do they want to be and where can they make the biggest difference, and they've made quite significant career moves, which has been really interesting. I saw someone last week who met someone, someone quite senior and influential within one of our sessions or a session that I'd encouraged her to go along to, invited her to speak at one of their events and the rest of the area where she worked was like, how did you get that person to come to our event? You know, we've been emailing her for ages and never get any response, but that personal connection around something that they both cared about was enough. Um, We had a whole series of co-production conversations a while ago that was all about how do you work differently alongside communities, how do you share power and how do you genuinely co-produce from the start. And we've had so much good feedback from that for people who've gone off and done things differently, you know, ripped up the plan and strategy and started again. Loads of people who've kind of come back to us and gone, I'm going into this board meeting, what questions should I ask rather than what solutions should I impose? Loads of things like that thinking of um i guess the, the local pilot really uh, and obviously the the work that's been done by substance and others in in codifying how change mm. happens has pointed hasn't it to all of this being critical so you know the enablers um that have they've come out of the of the learning of well what's made change here are all things that then point to people needing the skills that yeah. you're supporting them to develop and mm-hmm. to grow and those questions um, if they're going to enable real change and transformational yeah. change that's going to stick and to last. So, you know, everything from working across sector, so coming and recognise the value of that as they do when they come in, step yeah. into a system leadership session and realise that actually they've got these shared problems which they mm-hmm. might otherwise not have realised and then working through those. I think the challenge is certainly the next steps for me now is if you think about that behaviour change thing, we've connected loads of people who want to do things different, they're really passionate about it, they know that for this kind of work, those more traditional delivery styles don't really work, they're not having the impact, particularly around inequalities. We're giving them loads of support about how you do it differently. But when they're going back to their organisations and trying to create some kind of change, they're getting a bit of a, well, that's not how we do things around here, or we've got the implementation plan, or we've got our strategy for the first year. So I think my challenge now as we go into the next phase of that is really looking to the, how do you put this stuff into action and create change, um, and not just go off with a load of ideas and then not being able to, to work in the way that you want to because the system is quite protective and resistant of that change and says no. Learning and adapting as Absolutely. we go. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So a lot of what we've talked about there has been convened, I guess, at a GM level and has been open to anybody across Greater mm-hmm. Manchester. Um, but some of the sort of local pilot leads then have, well, they've had the freedom, haven't they, to think about them sort of co-designing what they might want at a local level that yeah. helps to start to do that piece that you described and then translating what they've heard and what they've taken away of maybe those sort of GM-wide conversations into actually kind of more action research kind of conversations, peer learning, coaching conversations that enable them to 
like test and learn day to day and to yeah. be honest you know break down when they feel you know those barriers in place to go well what can I do about this and yeah, have more of a regular check in so how's that worked and what anything in particular from that that's worked well or that you're going to take into the future yeah I think the, the biggest thing again that people have heard is they think that systems change has to be one big thing led by a really important person but getting people to recognise that it's those small steps of change that you have the power and control to do something about so what we've done in a lot of localities is people have come to us and have gone oh we really enjoyed that can we do it just with our locality just with our team just with our steering group which has given us the opportunity to kind of dig down into that in a little bit more detail so only yesterday um, one of the Oldham teams um, had a really interesting meeting around their shared values as a team and how they were going to put that into practice and what that meant for the work and how it aligned with their organisational values and just how they got the best out of the team other teams have looked at things like stakeholder mapping, who's in their system, you know, where where does the power lie and how do you think differently about power? Some others have looked at systems leadership, particularly with their steering groups. And we've had lots of people from beyond GM in the sessions as well, other active partnerships, colleagues from Sport England, whether next time we look at things like like cohorts are targeted groups. So if you're interested in this, let's get a cross-sector diverse group together and really dig into it. Um, I know that GM Active are looking at 100-day plans as part of their transformational leadership programme. So how to think about a change that you've got the power to influence and actually have the power and permission to crack on and do something quite different in a way that you wouldn't normally have the autonomy to do in that way. And I think a while ago they had a bit of a a kind of an idea and a bit of the shift of the thinking of the role of community leisure isn't just about sport and fitness and exercise. How do we pivot to um, a wider, more holistic view of what's our role around health and well-being? And they kind of recognise that to achieve that vision and to have a very different role and relationship within their community, they needed to think differently around the role of leadership within within that sector. So they've had the first cohorts of the Transformational Leadership Programme, I think about 40, 80 people have been through that up to now. So they talk about things like, you know, what do we mean by systems leadership? What's the landscape of community leisure in Greater Manchester? What's the future of community leisure? And what what do we need from our leaders to lead in different ways, not just as people who run and manage leisure facilities, but as leaders within the system and within their community as well? Um, so they're just about to start cohorts three and four of that. They're just recruiting people now. It tends to be people within management positions within leisure and then think about how they can then change the culture within their organisation. But as part of that programme, they're all identifying like 100 day plans of things that they want to do differently to put what they've learned into action. So they're doing things like how do you recruit differently? How do you engage with the community differently? And um, how do you work with young people and how do you kind of enhance the uh, people's thinking about a career in community leisure and sport and fitness so they're all off doing exciting things and I'm looking at the list of things that they're up to thinking oh but they don't know that someone in the NHS is thinking about that and someone in the local authority is looking at that and everyone's thinking about that so I think my job over the next couple of months is is looking at all of those things how they connect together but also how they connect outwards to all the things that are going on as well. So spotting all those patterns of which there are many aren't there? In terms of uh, in terms of what what shifts are happening need to happen where we need to go next yeah just listening to you I mean the point around everyone has a role to play 
and how that role is yes it's supporting people to be physically active but it's much wider than that as well it really supports our wider gm kind of outcomes in terms of enabling everyone to to live a good life and you know just the power of if you take the leisure sector and the number of people who are employed in the leisure sector three and a half thousand yeah it's massive just in greater manchester Yeah. yeah And I think the contribution that makes, obviously, in, in terms of our local economy, mm-hmm. in terms of paying people and if they're paid a decent wage and if it's a job that they enjoy and yeah. if they're developed and they grow, but also if all those people recognise that the role that they can play in addressing inactivity and thereby addressing inequality and at the same doing that in a way which really is supporting more people to, to live a, a good life mm-hmm. and to have a greener grey to Manchester and for it to be fairer, that is phenomenal yeah. opportunity for transformational shifts. So. And that's what everybody wants whenever I speak, whenever we have that conversation about what matters most to you, whether you've got someone from, you know, the voluntary sector, the NHS, the local authority, leisure, they just want people in Great Manchester to live the best life that they possibly can. That's always quite enlightening that wherever you come from, whatever the bit of the system, you just want the best for people in Greater Manchester. So how do you... Yeah, think more holistically across the whole of the system because everybody wants the same thing. We want to work to our values. You know, we want to collaborate. We want to work across sectors. We want the best things for the people in our communities. It gives you hope. Yeah, it absolutely does. I've always explained, you know, in my old role as well, you just see the best of Greater Manchester every single day, no matter where you go. Yeah, people go, it's hard, I'm tired, I'm on the verge of giving up, but I'm not, I'm keeping going and that's fine. But you just see people every single day that just really want to do the best no one comes to work to do you know to do a bad job and you referred to you know the multiple crises that have been thrown at us you know and had a real impact on somewhere like greater manchester um hit particularly hard and there is definitely a level of of people being you know sapped really of energy across the system for miscontinued pressures but I think what you describe there does give you, and I, I genuinely mean it, it does give you hope and energising because people then see that they are part of something much bigger, yeah. that they're not carrying those problems on their own, mm-hmm. that there are others who are also getting out of bed uh, every morning with that shared mission. It, it's in, inspiring, isn't it, hearing those stories um, and knowing that you can help really make a significant difference despite everything that can feel quite overwhelming. I get so many emails after. You can guarantee no matter what session we do or what conversation we have, I'll get so many emails after us going, oh, I needed that more than I thought today, Claire. Or I was really tired this morning, but I've remembered why I'm doing this now and I'm going to carry on. And that's good for me as well because sometimes, oh, the number of times I've started hosting a session, I was like oh, am I any good at this? I'm really tired. What if the Wi-Fi doesn't work? You've got all of these things going on. And then you finish and go, all right, okay, that was a really good conversation. That's why I do this. What was I worried about? And then you just get all these lovely messages of people going, right, I'm going back to work and we're having a different conversation with the board around shared purpose and who's not in the room and you know, not what voices we're not hearing. And then you kind of go... All right, yeah, okay, this is, this is great. I love I love the the phrase social acupuncture. That's one I keep holding on to the moment and that's coming to mind because there's something about that energy. You know, the energy's there. The energy's not lost in the system. No. It's just it can feel a bit trapped. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and I do feel like each of those conversations does seem to unlock energy does generate energy um, and energy that then goes towards really helping support you know our mission a GM moving mission and a wider GM mission um, which is key. So some of the things to celebrate some of the joys some of the frustrations is there anything in particular that I guess you're 
either you're seeing or you're hoping for in terms of that wider shift at a, at a more national level? Where do you think we're heading to? Oh, that's really interesting. I've got a real big thing about completely reframing what we mean by leadership. And I've had so many kind of internal and external and very vocal debates with myself and anyone around me about the word <laughs> about the word leadership, because I think sometimes people will see the word leadership and immediately go, I'm not a leader, that's not for me. And I really, really want to shift that to get people to understand that if they're capable of working with other people to create change, if they're capable of working with others to create change, you know, you're a leader. If you're in a network that might feel really informal and messy, but it's doing really good stuff, then you're absolutely a leader. And sometimes I think, you know, do we drop the word leadership? And um it kind of excludes people and then I think no I really want to keep it because I want people to see themselves as leaders and really embrace that because they're the people I think who are actually making the biggest difference so I'm really working class and the thought of I have a job title that has leadership in it makes me actually really laugh and my mum still kind of goes what do you do again and why did you give up a job at Boots that was a real that was a really really good career and you're like yeah because I never thought I'd be doing any of this work at all so how do you make sure that other people have those opportunities to learn that about themselves and how do we yeah just think about what the different behaviors and ways of working that you need in different situations and be okay with that hmm. i remember the there's a piece of research that we did didn't we as part of, sort of the gm walking work in particular around that kind of community leadership and there was a very clear pushback of people in communities who are leading change <laughs> they yeah. are definitely leading but they didn't want to be described no. as a leader and for a whole host of reasons some of which you've alluded to there whether that is because they don't see that as no. themselves as a leader and maybe that's something that you want to shift um but also for others it was a case of well there's the things that they enjoy doing and what they didn't want to do is to feel like suddenly they get burdened with maybe yeah. other tasks or responsibilities that aren't aligned with really what their personal passion and strengths and interests are uh, and that real risk that then I guess particularly we see often within communities across the voluntary sector that people set out because maybe they love riding a bike and mm-hmm. they set up a local community bike project and suddenly they realise they've got to do lots of health and safety training, they've got to fill out loads of paperwork and then they feel weighed down where actually their initial love and maybe the things they're really good at, like talking to people and supporting them to kind of fix bikes or play on bikes, suddenly becomes a very different role. Yeah. So how, I guess, thinking about that, you know, that phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal force across our voluntary community sector and where we know there's lots of people, lots of groups, lots of partners, as you said, who, you know, over 50% see physical activities core to their work, a whole load of the others it's just designed into what they're doing into the spaces they hold what do you think the future holds in terms of how we support them in time in challenging times Mm -hmm. where there's multiple pressures about supporting people to eat to heat their homes to survive (laughs) to be able to help people to thrive to include being active in all senses of the word yeah it's starting where people are and what they're passionate about and again that's one of the things that came out really clearly from some work we did previously and the co-production conversation i think the thing about community leadership is really interesting because we try to systematize stuff you go it's really good stuff over there if only they had a, a constitution in terms of reference and a bank account and then we could fund them and then we could work with them rather than just kind of working alongside communities and groups really meaningfully and respectfully in a way that 
you know, build upon each other's strengths and contributions instead of trying to turn them into a little bit of our system. I think there's a real thing about trust and having that different conversation there. I'm sure people have ever seen that. There's a little video I love, the parable of the blobs and the squares. And it's like, yeah, we've got all these blobs. They were great. But if only we could turn them into squares, we could work them into much more, you know, much more effectively. So it's got to be something about just respecting that, that, that diversity of where people are. I mean, I did it myself. I've told this story a while ago, years ago, when I was on maternity leave. I had, um, like, we went to a, you know, like a play group at Shore Start Centre and it finished at 12 o'clock. And I used to say to some of the other mums, come on, let's get the babies in the pram. We'll go for a walk around Phillips Park. Hopefully they'll go to sleep. That's the theory. And then we'll go to a cafe and just get some dinner and have a bit of a chat. Um, and we were actually stopped from doing it. I'm going back a few years, but we were stopped from doing it because we didn't have DBS checks. We didn't have insurance. We hadn't taken medical information from any of the mums. And this was long before I got into this kind of work. But I remember at the time, and that's really inspired my work going forward as well, of just thinking, why do I need all of those things just to go for a walk with some friends around the park? Why do we have to try and turn everything into a service because it makes us feel safer? So we've, we've done loads of work around governance as well and shifting governance and processes just to think about what is the risk really here and how do we be you know, safe and compliant and all of that, but also how do we really know when to step in and help out and when to get out of the way and let things happen as well. Mm. How to tune into our natural instinct to to cooperate and to care yes, and to be sociable absolutely. beings and not put all these barriers in the way that we seem to have done a good job of doing, as you said, yeah, turn things into services as opposed to people helping people. Yeah, <laughs> and just loving it and letting that happen. Yeah. So... Lots of good stuff. <laughs> Anything you would like to say to anyone who's listening in and thinks, okay, how can I get involved? Yeah. Oh, God, people could do all sorts of things. I think for me, some tips that we've come up with around the systems leadership stuff specifically is just be really clear about your purpose. Mm-hmm. Think about you can't make change happen on your own. So think about who you're working with and who else cares about the same things that you do. And just always be mindful of who you're making decisions for and who's who's not in the room. Always have a look at the voices that aren't being heard and kind of get out of the way and make space for other people as well. And that feels key in this next chapter, doesn't it? And we talk about active lives for all and there's a real focus on what does that mean in terms of addressing inequalities and yeah. who's in the room, who's not in the room, and recognising that all the patterns in terms of particular demographic groups or depending on your socioeconomic status or your mm-hmm. postcode all has a massive impact on whether or not you are likely to be able to be active or not yeah. and that needs to be reflected doesn't it in terms of you know our the role models that we see who we who we're hearing from who are seen mm-hmm. as the experts in these spaces yeah. you know what, what if we came back together again in in 12 months you know are there any things that you go actually that that's what i'm looking for will be a bit different oh just the the strength of the relationships just hearing the voice of local people so much more a real diversity in, in the workforce you know who are the people in paid positions who are the people making decisions how's power being used yeah so much stuff I'd need a week to sit down and make a really big list of what a vision would be for that but yeah sounds good <laughs> sounds like what I'm sure people listening can buy into <laughs> so um thanks Claire always 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 a joy speaking to you thank you and um take care thank you cheers bye, bye. You can't have a conversation with Claire without leaving feeling utterly inspired. We've heard again how moving really does matter to everybody and how we can all play a role to design moving back into everyday life and the work that Claire is doing to help others to do exactly this. We'd love to hear how you keep moving and the ways you're supporting others to live an active life. 
You can contact us on our socials on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag GMMovingInAction. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who you think will find it useful and encourage them to join the movement for movement. A big thank you as ever to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to help make this stuff happen. This series is a Mike Media production.